Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. All right, well, good morning, everybody. How are you doing this morning? Hey, it's good. Good to see you. Welcome to Canyon Creek. I also want to welcome those who are joining us online from home for our live stream service. We're glad that you're tuned in as we continue our Believe series. You know, last week on Easter, we talked about this deeply flawed question, and that's why do bad things happen to good people? And today we're going to continue uh, this series and this discussion, and we're going to talk about another very popular question, and that question is this, how do I experience God's presence? right? I believe in him. I believe in his resurrection. Everything that we've been talking about through this series now, how do I experience the presence of God in my life? Or why don't I feel God's presence in my life? All right. Now I want to start with the same little disclaimer that I gave you last week. And that's that I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to be able to clearly and definitively answer this question that's very difficult, but I can provide you with some some biblical context that isn't based on opinions or feelings so that we can begin to have a good discussion around uh, this question. So in other words, we can begin to talk about this question, how do I experience God's presence through the lens of scripture, which I believe is true, Uh, And even though this is a question that I might not have the answer to, I can point you to the one who does, all right? So how do I experience God's presence? Or why don't I feel the presence of God in my life? Chances are, if you've been following Jesus for any length of time, you've wondered, you've asked this question, you've probably asked, why don't I feel God right now, all right? So as we start off this morning, I want to ask you a couple questions that we can answer with our hands raised. How many of you would say that at some point in your life, you really believe that you felt the presence of God? Most of us, right? Now let's get a little more specific. How many of you would say that you felt the presence of God in our church service this morning? Let me see your hands. Some have, some haven't, right? So I want to follow up that question with another question, and that's this, if you have not felt God's presence today, whose fault is it, right? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about whose fault it might be? Is it your fault? Is it your fault because maybe you haven't had a great morning? Is it your fault maybe because you walked in with an attitude? Is it your fault maybe because you decided today that your preferences were more important than worshiping God? Is it your fault because you haven't prayed up? Whose fault is it? Is it God's fault? Is it God's fault that he decided today that he was going to meet some of us here, but not all of us? Is it God's fault, right? Is it Austin's fault? We can maybe blame Austin, right? (laughs) Maybe he didn't choose the songs that you like. Whose fault is it, right? If you haven't encountered God's presence today, whose fault is it? And beyond that, how do you know, right? So I asked a couple of people this week, if you've ever felt God's presence or if you've ever encountered the presence of God, what did it feel like? And one person used the word tingly, right? Like I felt very tingly. Another person said I was overcome with emotion and I just began to cry in response to his presence. Another person used the word warm. They said I got a very warm sensation, okay? And the reality is God can give you any one of those feelings and infinitely 
more feelings than we could ever describe, right? But at the same time, God can make you feel tingly, but so can like sitting next to your date, right? That can give you the same feeling. God can make you cry, but so can cutting onions, right? Or watching up, right? Those things can make you cry as well. God can give you a warm sensation, but so can using the bathroom in the ocean, right? There's all these different kinds of feelings. It's true. So how do you know then? The question is this, how do you know? How do you know if you've encountered God's presence or you're over-sensationalizing it? How do you know, right? Because if you're a Christian and you've never truly experienced the presence of God, I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want you to feel like you're alone because you're not. I don't want you to feel like you're not holy because you are. There are countless examples of people in scripture, right? Here's a good one, Psalm 88. The psalmist writes this, he says, but I call to you for help, Lord. He says, look, he's doing all the right things. In the morning, my prayer meets you. Why do you hide your face from me? Why do you reject me? The psalmist is asking the same question we ask. Why am I not feeling the presence of God in my life? Where is he when I need him? I don't feel that he's with me. I don't sense that he's with me. Why can't I feel your presence? All right? So we're going to talk about this today. We're going to wrestle with this question a little bit. Why don't I feel God's presence? How do I experience God's presence? And I want to raise a few possibilities to you as to why you might not feel the presence of God in your life. And I've already sort of hinted to the first one. Maybe you're over-sensationalizing it, right? Life is full of different sensations. Maybe you are over-sensationalizing the presence of God. Maybe you're looking for something really big and dramatic, right? That's what we all want. We want some big, massive sign from God that's undeniable, right? We want to be able to say to God, God, you know, if you're real, send a bird into my window right now. Send me something, right? If you do that, I'll know you're real. If you, if you do that, I know that you'll, you'll be leading me to make this decision. I need a big, dramatic, physical, undeniable sign. And there's a great example of this in scripture, right? Jesus was talking to a whole crowd of people, one of his most famous teachings, and he wanted them to believe in him. He said, I'm the bread of life. I want you to believe it. And here's how they responded to him. In John chapter six, verse 30, they said, okay, then what sign are you gonna do so that we might see and believe in you? What are you gonna perform? What are you gonna do for us? They're treating Jesus the Messiah like Jesus the magician, right? What are you gonna do for me in order for me to believe in you? We want something big, but we need to remember that God often speaks to us through a still, small voice, Amen. right? We over-sensationalize God's presence, right? Maybe you're looking for a big sign from God. Listen for his still, small voice, right? Listen for that voice. Sure, sometimes God's presence will absolutely knock you down, but other times it may just calm you, right? with a peace that surpasses understanding. Why don't I feel God's presence? Maybe you're over-sensationalizing it, all right? Here's another possibility. Maybe you're too distracted. I think this is the one that plagues us 
the most today. Maybe God is present with you, but you're too distracted to fully experience his presence. Luke gives us a great account of this in a very well-known story about these two women. Uh, Luke chapter 10, it says, while they were traveling, Jesus and the disciples, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said, but Martha was what? She was distracted by her many tasks and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Right, tell her to give me a hand. Jesus was literally physically in skin in her home, right? And she was too distracted to enjoy his presence. She missed the point. How much more are we distracted than she was? This is the reality for so many Christians. We are so distracted by so many other things that we miss God's presence, right? Even the best Christians, we get so busy doing the work of God, get so busy trying to serve him that we miss literally being in his presence, right? We get too busy doing and we forget to just be. We're distracted by so many things, right? I know people on my Facebook feed. I open Facebook a couple times a day and it's always the same people, right, I see when I open it. They're posting 10, 20 times a day, right? I've counted, okay? (laughs) But it's not just social media. It's everything. We get so busy in our day-to-day lives that we literally miss God's presence. Everything is so loud around us that we miss that still, small voice. Come on, we don't want to be so distracted that we miss the presence of God Almighty in our lives, right? Why don't I feel God's presence? Maybe your heart has hardened. Can't tell you how many people I've met at one point in their lives, they were close to God, they were sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and as years went on, they grew very cold, right? They become very callous. Their hearts have become hardened, and now they don't feel God's presence in their life anymore. Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus explains the parable of the sower, and then he explains why he teaches in parables, which I love, and then he quotes the prophet Isaiah. This is what he says. It says, Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, and when it says them, I know that they were talking about the church at the time, but when it says Isaiah's prophecy was fulfilled in them, I think he was talking about the church in 2022, okay? It says, you will listen and listen but never understand, right? You will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing and they've shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back and I would heal them, right? I believe he's talking about the church, the church that we're living in today, maybe at one point you were very close to God and something happened and it pulled you away from him. Maybe you, you were praying for something and you said, God, I really need you to take care of this. I really need you to come through for me. And he didn't do what you thought he would do. And now your heart is hardened towards him, right? Maybe you thought he was leading you to, to, to make a decision, so you took a step of faith, and when you took that step of faith, it didn't work out the way you thought it would work out, and now your heart 
is kind of hardened. It's calloused, right? I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've met people who were close to God. And then some Christian did something to them that wasn't Christ-like, and it hurt them. So many people get hurt by Christians. So many people get hurt by churches and it causes their hearts to grow callous toward God. You know what's driving people away from churches? Christians. It's the truth. Why don't I feel God's presence in my life? Maybe your heart has hardened. Here's another possibility. Maybe you've built a wall of sin, all right? And I'm gonna explain this one to you very carefully. Maybe you've built a wall of sin that now hinders your ability to experience God's presence. Look at what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 59. It says, indeed, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save and his ear is not too deaf to hear, but your iniquities, the Bible says, are separating you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not listen, all right? Now, I wanna be very careful and clear with this one right here. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, your sins are covered, right, by the blood that Jesus shed for you on the cross. That blood covers your past sins, your present sins, your future sins. But the reality is, if you're living with unrepentant sin in your life, it's going to negatively impact your relationship with God, right? For example, if I lied to my wife, would we still be married? Probably, right? But what would happen to our relationship if I continued to lie to her, right? If I told a lie, it's like I put a brick in between us, okay? And if I told another lie, now I'm putting another brick on top of that one. And if I tell another lie, now I've got another brick there. Eventually, there's gonna be a wall between us. And if I'm not apologizing and repenting and turning away from my sin, then what I'm doing is building a wall. And eventually that wall is going to separate me from her. And that's what happens in our relationship with God. Maybe you're not feeling his presence because your unrepentant sin has built a wall between you and him. The good news is he's right on the other side of that wall waiting for you to tear it down with repentance. All right. Why don't I feel God's presence? Here's the final possibility. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you don't know God. There's so many people who know about God but don't know God. There's a difference between possessing a head knowledge of God and having a heart relationship with him, right? Jesus said it plainly, John chapter seven. As he was teaching in the temple, notice it says he cried out. He said, you know me. You know where I'm from. I have not come on my own, but the one who sent me is true. Jesus said, you don't know him. (laughs) I know him because I'm from him and he sent me. Listen, it's not enough to just know about God. You have to know him. Maybe you don't feel his presence in your life because you don't know him, all right? And here's the thing about God. I know we've talked a lot about feelings lately, and I want to make something very clear to you, and that's this. You might not always feel God's presence in your life. It's going to take faith to believe that he's there even when you don't feel his presence, right? The good news about faith is it's pleasing to God. You don't always feel his presence If that were the case, if you always felt God's presence with you everywhere you went, then you wouldn't need faith, right? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So walking with God 
is never about what I feel or don't feel. It's always about my faith in him, okay? So I gave you several possibilities about why you might not be experiencing the presence of God. Now I wanna give you some certainties. Similar to what we did last week. We started with possibilities and ended with certainties. That's what we're gonna do again today. I'm gonna give you a few promises that God gives us in his word about his presence. And these are things that are always true, all right? First and foremost, this, if you seek him, you'll find him. And that is such good news. Do you wanna know God? Do you want to experience his presence? If you seek him, you'll find him. Jeremiah chapter 29, he he says it this way. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Notice he didn't say some of your heart. He didn't say half-hearted. He said, you'll seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. This verse lets us know that God delights in revealing himself to us. He wants us to know him. That's why he sent his son Jesus to reveal his heart to us. That's why he sent his son Jesus to reveal his character to us. That's why he sent his son Jesus to reveal his nature to us. He wants us to know him. And when Jesus rose from the dead, God sent his spirit to dwell in us so that we can truly find him when we seek him with all our heart. If you seek him like that, he will reveal himself to you, okay? God's not playing hide and seek with us. He's not sitting up in heaven saying, hey, come find me, come find me, count to 30, right? Warmer, warmer, wait, 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 colder, 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 warmer, 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 here I am. God's not doing that. The Bible says when you seek him, you'll find him. Okay, well, how do I seek him? What does that mean? What do I need to do? It's simple. There's no secret formula. There's no confusing, complex list of things you need to do. How do I seek God? Seek him in his word. Open up your Bible, brush the dust off, and meet him in his word daily. Get to know him that way. Seek him in prayer. Have a conversation with God. Talk to him about your day. Tell him how you feel about him. Seek him in worship. Right, download some worship music, pull up YouTube, open Spotify. It's that simple. Do you remember those radios that had antennas on them? Yeah. There are radio waves everywhere, right? This room is full of them. We sometimes pick them up through our sound equipment. It's really frightening. Sometimes you'll walk in here, like during the week, and you'll just hear some AM radio conversation, and it's terrifying, honestly, right? But there are radio, radio waves all over the place, but why don't we hear them right now? We don't hear them right now because we're not tuned in. We don't hear them right now because we don't have our antenna up. We're not looking for the signal. God is everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent, but you're not going to hear him unless you're tuned in, all right? So if you want your, his presence in your life, you need to to tune in. If you need his grace, you need to tune in. If you need his forgiveness, you need to tune in. If you need his peace, you need to tune in. If you seek him, you'll find him if you seek him with all your heart, all right? I've heard it said like this, and I love it. It's seek him and see him, all right? Here's the second truth about God's presence, and it's this. You can live in his presence every day. Now, this is different than the early church, right? God's presence 
isn't just available to you for an hour on Sunday in the church. You can live in his presence everywhere all the time. Remember what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. It says the world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit of God dwells within us, all right? And that's good news because that means that you don't have to go to the temple to be with God because God dwells within you and you can live in his presence all day, every day, right? When you wake up in the morning, thank you, God, for this day. When you're on your way to work, God, give me an opportunity to share your love with someone today. When your day isn't going as planned, he's with you. God, give me the patience and the strength that I need to make it through this. You can talk to God and walk with God all day long because he dwells within you. All right? And the third and final promise is this. God is always with you. Even when you don't feel it. All right? Even when you don't feel his presence, he's there. Even when you're not aware of his presence, he's there. Even when you're sitting back saying, man, I have not felt the presence of God in my life in years, he is always with you. I love this in Acts chapter 17, Paul addresses the people in the Oropagus, truly one of my most favorite passages of scripture. And he says this, let's be careful to, to really build on this. I don't want you to miss this passage. It says this, the God who made the world and everything in it, he is Lord of heaven and earth. Amen. He does not live in shrines made by hands, neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives everyone life and breath in all things. From one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and he has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. He did this so that they might seek him. Amen. He did this so that they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. In him we live and move and have our being. I love the progression of this. He says, God made the world and everything in it. He is Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in shrines made by human hands. He's not served by human hands as though he needed something because he gave everyone life and breath and all things and he made every nationality, every person to live over the earth. He did all of this, why? So that we might seek him, the Bible says so that we might find him, so that we might know him, because he is not far from any one of us. Amen. He wants to know you. Right? He loves you. He wants to be loved by you. So it doesn't matter what you feel. God is always with you. The Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you. And maybe more important than us feeling him, we should want him to feel us. We should want him to feel us 
at his door. We should want him to know our hearts. We should want him to experience our adoration. We should want him to receive our praise and our worship regardless of what I feel. I want him to know me. Regardless of what I feel, I want him to know my heart. I want him to know my intentions. I want him to understand the desire that is within me to know him. He's not playing hide and seek, all right? He's right there. And you'll find him when you seek him with all your heart because he's a loving God who wants to know you. Amen. So let's seek his presence. Let's make that a part of our daily routine today. I'm going to spend time in the presence of God. Let's not be too distracted to see him, right? Let's seek him and see him. The promise is true. When you seek him, you'll find him if you seek him with all your heart. Listen, God is worth more than a half-hearted approach, all right? We should be constantly at his feet, constantly knocking on the door of heaven, saying, God, I want to know you more than I know you today. You might feel like I know God. I've been walking with God for decades and decades. Listen, he wants to know you more than he knows you today. You don't ever arrive at a place where, yes, I know God. I know everything there is to know about God. I don't need to know him anymore. I don't need any more time in his presence. No, there is something new about him every day. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So every day is a new opportunity for us to learn something from the presence of God. And we're too distracted. We're too distracted by the most meaningless of things when we could be seated at his table, when we could be knelt at his feet, when we can know him through his word, through prayer, through worship, and through his Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Amen. Let's pray together today. Father, we come to you and we thank you so much for your presence in this place today. We thank you so much for the presence of your spirit in our lives. We thank you for the promises in your word that tell us that we will find you when we seek you. So Father, we're seeking after you today. We thank you that you're present with us even right now. We pray, God, that you would increase our awareness of your presence. God, we wanna be more and more aware of your constant presence with us. So we thank you so much for sending Jesus. We thank you so much for sending another counselor called the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. We thank you that because of your spirit that we can experience your presence at any place, at any time. So we just pray, God, that you would fill our lives with your presence. Help us to remove all the mud and all of the cloudy air and all of the distractions so that we can experience you in new and fresh ways. God, we want our lives to be lived daily in your presence, Father. So we thank you so much for being with us. With heads bowed, eyes closed this morning for just a moment, maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you're at a place in your life where you don't feel God's presence. Maybe it's because you don't truly know him. Maybe it's because you've built a wall between you and him. Maybe it's because your heart has hardened. Listen, you can experience his presence 
in a brand new way today. You can experience forgiveness and salvation only in a relationship with Jesus because God sent him to this world and he lived a perfect life and he died a sinner's death on a cross and he was buried in a tomb, but he came out of it alive so that we could know him, so that we could be forgiven of our sins so that we could have a relationship with God and spend eternity in heaven with him. So if that's you today and you want to tear down that wall, you want to place your faith and your trust in Jesus, I just want to encourage you to make this your prayer with me today. Church, let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.